Well, hey, everybody, welcome to Christ Fellowship. I am so glad you're joining us. And I'm excited today because we're continuing the study of the book of Colossians. And we're in a series that we've entitled Death to Selfie. And Pastor Omar, Pastor Carlos have been teaching on this. And they've asked me today to pick it up at verse number eight in chapter three. And I hope what we're gonna talk about today from this chapter is gonna be helpful to you, especially in days like these. So with that in mind, you follow along with your eyes as I read beginning in Colossians chapter three, verse number eight. The word of God says to us, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things, things as these, anger, rage, and here's our key word, malice. I want you to listen to what Jesus has to say about this in Mark 7. Jesus says, for it is from within, specifically out of a person's what? Yeah, out of their heart that evil thoughts come. Now, I want you to stop right there, and I want to set our teaching up today by sharing this with you. A few weeks back, I was doing some chores around the house. And as I did, I noticed that I was getting short of breath. Now, mind you, I didn't think too much about it because occasionally I have bouts with asthma. However, as the days and weeks on, my breath just got shorter and shorter and shorter. And, and I started feeling like I had the flu. So I took my temperature and it read 99.9. Now, I, I, I know what you're probably thinking. But I had to tell you, I wasn't thinking coronavirus at all. I was only thinking asthma. And so I called my doctor and asked her if she could call in some meds for my asthma, which she did. But then she recommended that I go to the minor emergency to get checked for you know what. And so I drive down to the minor emergency. I walk in and I said to the lady behind the, the counter, I'm, I'm, I'm still almost in the foyer. I said, ma'am, I've got a fever and I am short of breath. Folks, she wasted no time. She took information from me and she quarantined me over to a spot. Now, I want you to stay in the story because about five minutes later, the doctor comes in and he says to me, he says, we're gonna have to swab your nose for coronavirus. And folks, the swabs he, were talking about, he was talking about were Q-tips about that long. <laughs> Not really, but summarily, he ran those up my nostrils. He said, it's going to be a while before we get the results back on that. He said, in the meanwhile, I want to, I want to do an x-ray of your lungs. So we walk over to the x-ray room. They take a picture, an x-ray of my lungs. About five minutes later, he comes back in and he says, Rick, I don't know if you've got coronavirus or not yet. He said, but I can tell you for sure, you do have pneumonia. Oh yeah, and he said, I want to get an ambulance to carry you from here to the ER at the hospital. To which I said, no, 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 doctor. I, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm a, I'll drive myself. So I get in the car and I drive to the ER at the hospital. And upon my arrival, I think they were waiting on me because they produced two of those swabs. And I said, no, 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 I've already had that torture. And they said, no, we've got to swab you again. And this time, I think they swabbed the brain matter in my head. Oh, yeah. But I was in the hospital for three days treated for pneumonia. 
But during that time, I lost count of how many times they swabbed my nose, how many times they searched and probed inside my nose. But listen, listen, I totally got it because they were trying to determine if this virus had somehow gotten inside of me. You see, they knew, and some of you know, I had a heart attack that damaged my heart. I've also had stage three colon cancer, and now I'm having asthma. You say, meaning what? Meaning my immune system is compromised. Meaning my ability to, to resist an infection is weak at best. And so just to be sure, just to be sure, they put me in the hospital because I wouldn't be able to fight off. The, if I had the coronavirus, I might not be able to fight it off. And so they put me in the hospital for three days and they gave me antibiotics and they also gave me medications to try to boost my immune system. By the way, every time the doctors came in, every time the nurses came in, they had layers of personal protective equipment. Why? Because they wanted to help me, but they didn't want to catch that disease that I might've had. Now folks, let me turn a corner and bring that over to our study today. Because what an image of what the word of God talks to us about in Colossians chapter three. And by that, I mean, in this passage, God lists for us 10 virus-like sins that can get inside of us. Here they are, listen, verse five. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, verse eight, anger, rage, and here's our key word for the day again, malice, slander, and filthy language. Now folks, listen, listen. Just like the COVID virus exists out there in the environment, and just like you can catch it, and just like if that virus gets inside of you, it will decimate your physiological health and could even kill you. Listen, just like that, and this is my proposition today. This is what I want you to walk out the door with, so to speak. In this passage, God warns us about 10, what I call sinful viruses that are out there in the world and every day we go out there and we're exposed to them. And if one of these sinful viruses gets inside of us, listen, it can kill our fun, it can kill our future, it can kill our family, and it can kill our friendships. And let me tell you, none of these virus-like sins is any more of a killer of your family, your future, your fun, your friendships, any more than malice, malice. Now you might be asking, well, Rick, you know, exactly what is malice? And how do I, how do I, how do I protect myself from it? Well, we're going to find out as we do somewhat of a deep dive into this passage today. And as we do, I want to give you three thoughts about malice. Here they are. If you're filling in the blanks on your screen, here they are. Number one, malice is a corona, is like a coronavirus in the heart. Let me say that again. Malice is like coronavirus that can get in your heart. Now, with that in mind, let's pick up what God says to us in verse four. The word of God says, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. 
Now, God is talking to us there as believers. But folks, in the next verse, verse five, God begins to talk to us about our behavior. And listen to what he says to us in verse five. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And from there, he begins to catalog these 10 sinful behaviors that can get inside of us. And here they are. We've tackled some of them already, but here they are. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Here's where we're picking it up today in verse eight. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Let's stop there again. Because the word of God lists these 10 sinful behaviors. And have no illusions. They are not benign. They are not harmless. To the contrary, they're more like a virus that attack us by getting inside of us. In fact, Jesus identified the exact place that these viruses take a root in us. Listen again to what he said. Jesus said, it is from within. In other words, it's an inside job. It is from within, specifically out of a person's heart. Out of the heart. That evil thoughts come, sexual immorality, theft, murder, it's the same list, adultery, greed, malice, slander. Listen to this. All of these evils come from inside, and check this out, and they defile a person. Now stop again, because just like coronavirus attacks by getting within our body, specifically our lungs, just like that, these simple, simple behaviors attack us as God's children by getting inside of us. Specifically, they get in the heart. And if they get inside, they can take your heart to a very, very dark place. Folks, let me tell you, none of them will take your heart to a dark place any more than malice. So let's make sure we understand what malice is. Let me give you the lowdown on malice. To begin with, the word, let, let me read the passage. It says this, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, Rage, malice, thinking caps on. Because malice is a translation of the Greek word kaka. I always tell your Bible was originally written in Koine Greek, New Testament, then translated to English, Spanish, French, whatever. But that word malice is from the Greek word kaka or kakion. Now I know in Spanish, <laughs> I know kaka means something. But listen, it is, it is, it is appropriate for the word Malice, because here's what malice is. Listen, malice is a dark place in the heart. Listen to this. It's, it's a dark place in your heart that desires to hurt someone. Let me say that again. It's a dark place in your heart that desires to hurt someone. The moral malice to come. But folks, that raises a question. I mean, how does a person get to such a dark place in their heart that they actually want to hurt somebody? How do you get such a dark place in your heart that you actually want to bring harm to someone? Well, folks, the answer is all about a path that you get on. In fact, write this down as A and B. Write this down as A. The path to malice, check this out, begins with anger. Now, with that in mind, listen to verse 8 again. 
But now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these. What's the next word? Anger. What's the next word? Rage. What's the next word? Malice. Everybody heads up. Because that order of words, first anger, then rage, and then malice is not arbitrary. It's not random that God puts anger, then rage, then malice. Because listen, anger and rage are actually sequential steps that take you to a heart that is maliced. Anger and rage are the path that will take you to a heart that is darkened and maliced. And the first step to malice is anger, anger. Now again, keep your thinking caps on because the word anger is a translation of the Greek word orge. Everybody think orge in your mind. Here's what you need to know. Orge anger is not a righteous anger that's motivated by something that offends God. Orge anger is not an anger that is moved to action because of something that offends God. No, orge anger, listen, listen, is a smoldering rage inside because somebody has offended us. The person with orge anger says, you offended me and I'm not gonna let it go. Orge anger says, you offended me and I'm angry and I'm not going to get over it. Now, folks, this is the picture of a man who walks slowly to his car after a day at the office. And on the inside, he is burning with anger because of someone who he feels stabbed him in the back. And as he makes the drive home from work, he plays the offense over and over and over in his mind until the anger just takes over his mind. So consequently, when he gets home to spend time with his son, to spend time with his daughter, his mind isn't there. He pretends he's listening to his child, but anger has so taken over his mind that he's not even present. And the smoldering anger inside steals his fun. The smoldering anger inside robs him of this fun moment that God intended for him to have. Now, mind you, he tells himself that that once he fixes what's wrong, the next time he's with his child, you know, I'll be more attentive. I'll be more alert. I'll be more here. But you see, there's always something next that offends him that makes him angry, that keeps him angry. See, this is why God says, get rid of it. It robs you of your fun. It robs you of your joy in life. But listen, anger is rarely a single step. In fact, write this down as B, lingering anger leads to rage. Verse eight, but now you must get rid, of, get rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, and then what? Rage. In other words, Lingering anger in your heart will always take you to the next step, which is rage. Now stay with me, because the word rage is a translation of the Greek word thumos, which means heated. In fact, thumos is the word we get thermonuclear bombs, thermonuclear reaction, thermonuclear explosion. And folks, that is precisely the idea of rage. The person with rage is a person who is a ticking time bomb that is about to explode on someone. 
In other words, while the person with anger smolders on the inside, the person with rage explodes on everybody. This is the woman at work who, who cannot hide her anger. Unlike the angry guy who buries his anger and rage deep inside, the woman with rage lets it out. In fact, she goes off on her coworkers. She yells at people before she listens to them. She passes judgment before she understands the whole picture. She is a ticking time bomb. And so consequently, all of her relationships are fake or pretentious. People pretend they like her, but none of them would want to get close to her because she's a ticking time bomb. She's filled with rage. This is why God says, you got to get it out. You got to get rid of it as a child of God. Why? Because it will affect your friendships. By the way, for a parent, it's Father's Day. For a father who, who expresses rage to his child, listen, you will lose the relationship with your child expressing rage at them. You would do better to discipline your child and to spank them, as God says, with a switch on their behind. Because when you spank them on the behind carefully, you hurt their behind. When you yell at them with rage, it's like you're hitting them in the brain, in the head. So God is saying, get rid of rage. It'll destroy your friendships, your relationships. But folks, let me tell you, anger and rage, it hardly ever stops there. Because the anger, anger and rage are a path that leads somewhere. Specifically, write this down as number two. Anger and rage are the path to malice. Verse eight again, and now you must rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, and malice. Now stop there, because this is where anger and rage lead. They lead to malice, and malice is like a cancer of your heart. And once it gets in you, once malice gets in you, it metastasizes to your heart. And let me, let me tell you, it will take your heart to dark places, in other words, you're, not just, you're, you're no longer just angry, you become an angry person. You're no longer just anger, you become a hateful person filled with malice. You see, this is the wife who doesn't want reconciliation with her husband. She wants revenge. This is the husband who once loved his wife, but now has contempt for her. And he doesn't want a settlement. No, no. He wants to hurt her. You see, write this down as A. Malice is a dark place in the heart that desires to hurt. That's where it can take you. And how does it hurt people? Verse eight. But now you must rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice. What's the next word? Slander. In fact, write this down as B. Slander is the overflow of a dark heart. In other words, slander is where you hurt people with your words. You hurt them through gossip. You hurt them through rumors. You hurt them through lies. You go online, you go on social media, and you use your words to hurt people. Let me tell you something. If you find yourself speaking words behind people's hearts that hurt them, you need to look inside. You need to probe your own heart because it's likely that your heart is infected with malice. So what do we do? Here's the good news. Write this down as number three. 
Deal with malice seriously. In fact, deal with it drastically. Jesus says, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice. Could, could God have been any more clearer? He says, get rid of it. Get it out. And here's how we do that. Write this down as A, B, and C. A, you need to know your own heart. You need to know your own heart. Listen to what David said in Psalm 139. David said, do I not hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? Verse 22, I hate them with a perfect hatred. David says, my hatred is righteous, God. My hatred is perfect. But then he starts to look within and listen to what he says in the next verse. Then he says, he doesn't say search them, O God. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, God, and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me. You see, people with malice, with hate in their hearts are often the last to know it. You could ask them, are you a hateful person? No, I'm a happy person. I'm a joyful person. You see, often people with malice in, in their hearts, they are very aware of someone else's malice, but they can have no self-awareness of their own malice. They can see clearly the hate in somebody else's heart, but often they're blind to their own hatred. So listen, for the people of God, we've always got to probe our own heart. We've got to say, God, search me. Don't worry about it. God, search me and see if there's something wicked in me. God, like the doctor swabbing my nose to see if the virus is in me, God, search me, swab my heart, search my heart to see if that disease is in me. The first thing you got to do is Know your own heart. Write this down as B. Protect your heart. Protect your heart. You see, every day we go out into a culture, into an environment that is filled with greed, that is filled with lust, that is filled with evil thoughts, that is filled with, with malice. And we are called by God to go out there into that culture to help people, to serve them, to love them. But folks, make no mistake. It is like a nurse walking into a room where a person has full-blown coronavirus. The person is sick. The person is fevered. They're spreading coronavirus all over the place. Listen, and the nurse knows she can catch it. Listen, what a picture of the world that we walk into. We walk into a world every day where people are infected with greed. They're infected with lust. They're infected with self-centeredness. They're infected with anger. They're infected with malice. And let me tell you, they're highly contagious. And if we're not careful, we catch their disease. So how do we live in this world without catching all of these sinful disease, diseases? How do we protect our heart from malice, from all of these things for that matter? Well, it's simple. Write this down as C. Put on God's personal protective equipment. I love what verse 9 says, chapter 3, verse 9. The Word of God says, put on the new self. I love how Ephesians 6 put it, puts it. Ephesians 6, 11 says, put on the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. 
Again, the armor of God is our protective equipment to defend ourselves against all of the schemes of Satan, the things that would attack us from the inside. Here's how you put it on. Write this down as one, two, and three. I'm going to hit this real quick. Number one, how do you put on the armor of God? Pray to God. Ephesians 6, 11 says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. How do you do that? Verse 18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of requests. I love that because you see, when you pray, you simply talk to God. And God says, when you talk to him, he says, talk to him about all kinds of things. Ask him about all kinds of things. And listen, the more you talk to God, the closer you get to God. The Bible says, draw close to God and resist the devil and he'll flee from you. The closer you get to God, the more protected you are from all of those sinful viruses. So pray. Secondly, write this down. Know the word of God. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We need to read God's word. We need to know God's word. We need to know the prophecies that are in the books. We need to know the promises. We need to read about God's favor. We need to read about God's love and mercy. We need to put that on because it protects us from all of the diseases that we're gonna face when we go out there into the world. It's unfortunate that many of God's people know more about the world's news than they do about God's news. Listen, 24-hour news and social media out there, 24 hours a day, if that's all you feed your mind with, you're gonna become defiled. It'll defile your heart and your mind. Take in God's good news. Feed it with your heart. Put it on like a protective layer before you go out in the world. Put it on every day. Read it every day. By the way, how many of you saw the, the video of the nurse from China putting on her protective equipment. It's amazing. This nurse is a COVID-19 nurse. She's about to go into a room where a person has full-blown coronavirus. They are sick. They are fevered. They're breathing out the coronavirus. But what I love, before she goes in there, she takes the time to put on the armor of God or to put on the armor to protect her. I want you to take a look at this video and watch carefully how she gets ready. Think of praying, ready to defend yourself. It's the lust, the greed, the evil, the anger, the hate that is in this world. Think of reading the word of God as she puts on this garb, how you're putting on God's protective equipment. You're getting closer to God. That's a time-lapse video. It took her a long time, but she took the time. She would have been a fool to go into that room without that protective gear, without the armor to guard her body. Well, child of God, every day we go into a world where we can become infected 
with the same disease the world has, lust, greed, envy, anger, wrath, they're contagious. How do we protect ourselves? By spending time with God every day. You see, if you're like me, I love my happiness, <laughs> and I know you are. We love our joy. God has given it to us, but we got to guard it. We got to protect it. And then as God gives you that joy and that love in your heart, write this down as number three, spread the joy of Christ. Spread the joy of Christ. I don't have to tell you, we live in a world where happiness is rare. Real, sustainable joy is a rare thing. And our world desperately needs it. And so as you go out there into the world, go out there with a heart that is filled with love. Our world needs love. Our world needs to see the joy in our hearts and tell people that you love them and tell them that Christ loves them. I, I, I know when I see my neighbors, some of my neighbors don't know the Lord. I always yell across the street. I won't call their names, but I yell across the street to, to the wife, to the husband. I'll say, hey, and they'll look. I'll say, I love you love you and I'm praying for you. And now they often say to me, hey, we love you too. Our world needs that. They need to see our joy. They need to hear our love. Let's be ambassadors for Christ. Let's be a light for him. Hey, Christ Fellowship, I love you all so much. God bless.